You have to keep your webinars engaging, uh, not only because you don't want people to leave or to be a snooze fest, but because that's how people learn by doing. You learned how to drive because you got behind the wheel and you learned how to drive that way, not theoretically through a book. And the more people learn, the more they get out of the webinar, the more they feel like, wow, I got a win today. This person is a real deal. And we all have had that experience in some form, whether it's in real life, whether it's with a teacher in high school, whatever it was, right? There have certainly been a whole lot more webinars happening lately. And I'm sure that you, like me, have experienced the good, the bad, and the downright ugly when it comes to webinars. So let me ask you, are webinars a part of your strategy? And if so, are your webinars actually engaging your attendees or are they nodding off, drooling into their keyboards or mindlessly scrolling on Insta instead of paying attention to the value that you're trying to share? Bueller? Bueller? Well, in this episode, we'll be sharing some ninja tactics for hosting engaging webinars. So next time, you'll be bringing your A-game. Let's go. This is the Engage Video Marketing Podcast, helping you engage your ideal audience to action through online video. I'll be bringing you the absolute best in the world of video marketing, content creation, storytelling, and marketing strategy, as together we grow to dominate online video and build profitable businesses. I'm your host, Ben Amos. Now let's get on with the show. G'day guys, welcome back to the Engage Video Marketing Podcast. I'm glad you're here. How are you doing? For me, this has been the first week of returning back to normality somewhat here in my office as things here in Australia start to get back to somewhat of normality despite a number of restrictions still around the place here in 2020 thanks to coronavirus. But I'd love to hear from you. How are you doing? Reach out to me on any of the social platforms and let's have a conversation. Always love connecting with listeners to the podcast. Today's episode is a good one. We're going to talk about how to run engaging webinars that actually keep people engaged and interested all the way through the webinar and provide an amazing experience for your attendees. And let me tell you, there were some tips shared in today's episode that I hadn't thought of before after running a huge number of webinars in my time. But before we get into today's show, I just wanted to let you know that there's just a short time left to jump into the Engage Video Marketing Academy for just $1 for the first 14 days. That's right, just $1 for a 14-day trial of my Engage Video Marketing Academy. Now, if you haven't heard of the Academy before, this is my membership program, which is designed to allow me to come alongside you and help you be more effective with video marketing for your brand or business. So if you are a DIY video marketer or an entrepreneur or business owner just trying to figure out this video marketing stuff, then you're ideal to join the Engage Video Marketing Academy and let me come alongside and help you in a number of different ways. You can find out more at engagevideomarketing.com slash academy trial, engagevideomarketing.com slash academy trial, and that's where you can jump in on this opportunity for a $1.14 day trial to the Academy. Can't wait to see you on the inside. All right, so my guest today is Omar Zenholm. Now, Omar is the co-founder and CEO of Webinar Ninja. Founded in 2014, over a million people have attended a webinar on Webinar Ninja, and it's been named one of the fastest growing SaaS companies back in 2018. 
Now, Omar is also the host of the iTunes Best of 2014 podcast, The $100 MBA Show, with over 90 million downloads and over 1,300 episodes. The $100 MBA Show is ranked as a top business podcast in over 30 countries. Omar is a genuinely awesome guy with so much value to share. And I fortunately met Omar at the Click Engage Convert Conference in Melbourne back in October in 2019. And I am excited to bring him on the show for you today because there's been a lot of interest in webinars lately. And if you have been thinking about running a webinar, then this episode is going to be ideal for you. What we talk about in today's episode is exactly what is a webinar, first of all, and what type of businesses should be considering using webinars in their business. We talk about some tips for running engaging webinars that keep people engaged and listening and paying attention and move them towards taking the action that you want them to with the webinars. We also dive into the pros and cons of automated or evergreen webinars and how some people are approaching this in the wrong way. And finally, we talk about why you'd want to use webinars anyway and not just go live or publish a video that teaches a topic. Like I said, I really gained a lot of practical and tactical tips from what Omar has to share and I can't wait to jump into the episode with you right now. So here it is, my interview with Omar Zenholm from Webinar Ninja. Omar, welcome to the podcast. It's great to be here, Ben. Awesome to have uh, this opportunity. Yeah. So as I said in our little introduction there, I actually met you in Melbourne last year at the Click Engage Convert Conference run by the awesome Lauren Bartley. We've had a few guests who shared the stage with me there at that amazing conference here in Australia. Um, And ever since then, I just wanted to get you on to talk webinars. And now seems the perfect time to do that because as I'm sure you recognize um, and our listeners recognize webinars are a bit of a hot topic right now and a lot of people are interested in running their first webinars. So for people that haven't heard of Webinar Ninja or Omar Zen Home before, can you fill us in on your backstory? What led you to, to found this company? Uh, I would love to. <laughs> so I actually started out as an educator. My former career was I was a full-time high school and university teacher. I taught English as a second language. That was my forte. I moved into management. I was uh, head of department. Awesome. I did that for 13 years. Um, while I was in a full-time job, I was building businesses on the side. I side hustled. I learned what it means to be an entrepreneur. I took courses online. I built websites. You know, I made a ton of mistakes and a bunch of failures. Had a few successes, uh, but it, it was. I, I look romantically back at that time because I, I could afford to fail. You know, the stakes were low yeah. because you know you had a job, you had a payroll coming in, pay, paycheck coming in. Um, I decided to jump into full time entrepreneurship uh, at uh, the start of twenty twelve. Sorry, yeah, twenty twelve. Yep, twenty twelve. So eight years now. Um, I started to build courses online. I started uh, having services online, helping people build their businesses. Uh, I started doing webinars uh, because I loved the idea of being able to teach and be able to uh, present my information and build trust with my audience and then be able to offer them the things I can offer them, products and services. Uh, So I I just fell in love with that. I thought it was just an awesome thing uh, to do. And it was really working for my business. The only problem was, is that they were a big pain in the ass to do them. Like they Mm. just took forever to put together. It took me like two hours to 
slapped together the webinar software with my landing page software and Frankenstein that with my email marketing software. And then once it's done, I got to make sure it's recorded and they got to download the recording and they got to put it in Vimeo. They got to make sure only the registrants have access to that recording and then all the follow-up and all the statistics. And it was just a lot of work, but it was working for my business. So I was willing to put in the work, but after about six to six months or so, I was just like, oh, there's gotta be a better way to do this. Uh, so I slapped together a webinar software. Uh, I, I'm a self-taught HTML, PHP developer, uh, very, very basic. I just built it for myself, started running yeah. webinars with it. Attendees were like, hey, what are you using for this webinar? I said, it's something I put together. And they said, you know, can we buy it? And I <laughs> thought, oh, I never thought about selling what I built. So we kind of pre-sold it uh, for beta use. Uh, four months in advance, uh, we sold out 250 spots in about 72 hours. We realized, okay, this is a huge pain point. People hate the webinar software they're using. They think it's too much work, it's too much hassle. It's just not easy enough. So that's kind of the start of Webinar Ninja, um, where we started that software company back in 2014. Um, and then I, in the start of 2015, I, I realized, okay, this is getting bigger than my capabilities as a engineer. So as an engineer, so I uh, decided, uh, okay, it's time to start building a team and start putting this, you know, at a different level. So that's kind of my backstory. Um, I love teaching. I love what webinars can do for businesses. Uh, we are a software company, but uh, in essence, we're a people company. We help people build, you know, uh, a great audience, be able to sell their products and services. Um, you know, some of the emails that we've gotten during this pandemic has been incredible. People that you know, had to close down their, you know, Taekwondo studio and be able to you know, move it online with webinars, uh, you know, literally saving people's businesses and livelihood. It's, it's such an honor to be a part of that. That's, that's awesome. And I love that you're simply scratching your own itch. You know, I know that's a bit of a, a term used in the startup and tech space, but in this case, it really was just scratching your own itch. And you do make it sound easy, just a bit of HTML and PHP to slap together a bit of software, but I'm sure it wasn't as easy as that. But I know Webinar Ninja now is, is one of the leading pieces of technology in the webinar space. And as you said, webinars now are being, I think, seen in a, in a new light um, or maybe are seen by people who hadn't even really known what webinars are in the past. Can you give us a brief background for people that maybe haven't been on a webinar, probably few and far between right now, but what, what exactly is, is a webinar and, and what types of businesses should really be looking at using webinars? Uh, I love this question because it really answers the question like why should i even think about doing a webinar what is this all about why do why do why do I, does why does a business even need to do it um every business needs to build trust with their audience we don't mm -hmm. buy anything unless we trust the company unless we trust you know and understand uh what this company's about are are they worth listening to this is especially important if you're in the services or you're selling content because they're going to get more of you if they buy your product um, so, but it's even important for any kind of, we, we have webinar ninjas that, uh, have e-commerce platforms, sell physical goods, sell services, sell software. Um, you need to build trust with your audience in order for you to make a sale. Eventually you can't make anybody buy anything, but you can build a relationship with them. So when they are ready to buy, they don't go shopping around, they go back to you. Um, and that's what webinars do. Webinars are the best online tool to build trust. And the numbers are not even close in terms of conversion rates. 
Um, you know, I built all my businesses off webinars because of that, because I'm able to build trust quickly with my audience because I'm giving them something of great value, which is like a workshop or a demo or even just a Q&A, an open Q&A, uh, answering people's questions in my area of expertise where I can just build a relationship with them. I can speak to them. I can answer their questions and they get an instant response and they get an instant understanding of, okay, this person actually can help me or this company could help me or this product can really help me. Um, and it, it just speeds up that relationship. It's, uh, this is why webinars have been so effective for a lot of companies uh, up to this point. And people that you know in your space that do webinars, like they don't stop doing it because they realize the benefits of it in terms of a business. So um, that's what I would say, like the, the, the crux of it, the, the whole reason why webinars work is because it, it allows you to build trust with your audience quickly. Um, mm -hmm. And you need to do that, especially in a very competitive marketplace these days. People can spend their money so many different ways, whether it's uh, online or offline. So uh, webinars are a great way for you to present yourself, give a workshop, give great value to say, hey, you gave me your time, you gave me your email address, uh, and I delivered with great value on the session. Uh, immediately, if you deliver there, the first thing they think in their head is, okay, there's a good chance if I give them my money, they'll also deliver. So that's really where it all begins with webinars. Yeah, I love that. And I've got a bit of a, a saying that I use far too often, probably, which is the idea of to, to lead with value. And that's really mm. what webinars are all about is you're leading into your marketplace or for your ideal audience with some sort of value because that's it. That's where business starts, right? And mm -hmm. we can't lead someone towards making a decision to buy unless they feel like they've already got some sort of value or knowledge or information from us, no matter what product that we're selling. Yep. And I think the maybe sometimes the potential pushback for businesses using webinars is maybe they've had experience on a webinar which was too salesy or something like that or or you know, it was purely set up to try and pitch something at someone. So where do you see that balance between value and selling on webinars? So I always tell everybody who joins Webinar Ninja, your mission on every webinar, regardless if you're selling, if you're doing this webinar for your current customers as like a retention tool, whether you're doing it to grow your email list or whether you're doing it a partner webinar, me and Ben are going to partner up and do a webinar. Um, the whole goal of every single other one goal is to build trust. Mm. So if you're going to do that, if that's your goal, then the best way to build trust is from the start is to be transparent. So I like to tell our audience, Hey, at the beginning of the webinar, after I introduce myself, I give them like a menu. I say, Hey, this is what we're going to be covering today. I promise you the title of the webinar, whatever the title is. Like, you know, if I, if my webinar is about how to groom your Persian cat, then I'm going, that's my promise, right? How am I going to fulfill that promise? And that's the menu. This is how we're going to get there. These are the things I'm going to cover in today's session. If you are going to be offering your Persian cat 12 part course, you say it in the beginning. Hey guys, um, for those who don't know, I actually have a full fledged course. Everything I teach you today, it'll be useful, it'll be valuable. But if you want to get there faster, easier, if you're the kind of person that needs a little bit of accountability, you want to have learn in a group, then you might be interested in something that I have to offer. I'll talk about that later on. Uh, but I'll, I'll warn you guys before I start and tell you about the product. You can put your wall in the freezer. You can even leave if you want to. No one leaves because mm -hmm. it's refreshingly honest. People actually appreciate the fact that you're getting in front of it. And I do this and I encourage everybody to do this because... It allows you to build trust off the bat. 
okay, this person has nothing to hide. They're actually saying this. No one likes being hoodwinked. How many of us have been on a webinar where it's like, this is going to be maximum value, 90 minutes of amazing training. And then like, you know, 20 minutes in, it it turns into a a pitch fest. And we all kind of like, oh, I got duped again. You know, so when you start off like that, people really understand, okay, great. There is going to be an offer. They're going to talk about it, all that kind of stuff. Um, we've seen some amazing, uh, webinar hosts do some amazing stuff with this topic about like, how do you balance the sales and the demo and the workshop? Uh, one of our great, uh, members, Michael Port, who's a New York times bestseller. He's a great public speaking coach, Michael Port. Um, he does a back to back webinar. He does one webinar and then the next webinar, same time, uh, but the next day. So he, in the first webinar, he says, this webinar is all about the information. It's a workshop. It's a, basically a taste of what you would get with my training. Um, it's like maybe the first module or something like that. And then he says, we do have an intense kind of course that you can dive into, but I'm not going to talk about that today. That's tomorrow's webinar. Make sure you sign up for tomorrow's webinar. The link is below. Okay. okay? And during the whole webinar, people are like, well, is this including the course? Not going to talk about that today, tomorrow right? And they just focus on the workshop. What's great then is when it's, you know, tomorrow's webinar and it's time to talk about the product, he can sell at his heart's content because that's, that's what everybody's expecting. And it's just very clear and transparent. And this really works for people. I love that. Yeah. Because he's leading with the value, right? I think um, that idea of transparency, authenticity is where webinars really do come into their own, you know, because it is an opportunity for you to be live in front of someone sharing value. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, webinars, yes, you can do them without your webcam on. Um, What would you say to people if they're deciding whether or not to have to actually be seen in their webinar or, or not? So this is a really valid question. A lot of people, they'll run webinars with just slides and they'll talk over the slides. Um, I would say if it's going to get you to do webinars and not having the camera on, then do it. That's fine. But that's going to, if that's like a, like a, um, not a game changer, but a deal breaker. If you can't do a webinar with a camera on, you're not comfortable with that then do the webinar. It's better to do the webinar with no camera than not do the webinar at all. And maybe you can work yourself up to it. I think the next step, which I recommend to everybody, is to turn your camera on at the start when you're welcoming people in the chat, talking to people, and then at the end when you're answering questions where you don't really need to look at slides. So you're basically sandwiching it with a little bit of um, trust building. You will build more trust by showing your face, right? It's like, imagine you're doing a job interview and you don't turn your camera on. Or you, you know, it just, just feels a little bit mysterious and you're going to earn a lot of points. I would actually... Uh, trust somebody more with their camera on and a pile of dirty laundry behind them than somebody mm-hmm. who has, you know, the camera off and uh, are kind of just not going to show their face. It's not totally, you know, mistrusting or a bad thing. I just think that if you're going to work yourself up to it, that's a good kind of step. You can go with just slides and then camera on in the beginning and the end. I have my camera on the whole time when I run a webinar. I have a layout where it's like picture in picture and I just do that. Um, because I've just done over 500 webinars. I'm totally comfortable uh, in front of the camera, but I started somewhere. Everybody starts somewhere. So just get started, ease yourself into it. Love it. Yeah, I think that's great advice. So webinars, you know, whether they're teaching Persian cat grooming or, you know, some kind of business skill or whatever, they, they are often about sharing information. And typically there is some kind of teaching element to a webinar, although of course there are multiple uses for webinars. 
But the thing is, most people aren't naturally engaging presenters. You know, I think this is a skill that gets learnt over time. You do 500 webinars, you probably pick up a few things, right? But the challenge is if in comparison to getting someone in a room for a workshop face-to-face is they're kind of stuck in the room and unless they're going to just pack up and leave, mm-hmm. uh, it's less likely to happen. But with a webinar, people can just turn off, stop watching totally. or scroll Facebook at the same time and ignore the webinar. So I, I want to pick your brain for some yeah. tips on running engaging webinars that actually keep people watching all the way to the end and then taking the action that you want them to take. So what can you, where can we start with this? Incredibly important. Uh, you have to keep your webinars engaging, uh, not only because you don't want people to leave or to be a snooze fest, but because that's how people learn by doing. Mm. You learned how to drive because you got behind the wheel and you learned how to drive that way, not theoretically through a book. Um, and the more people learn, the more they get out of the webinar, the more they feel like, wow, I got to win today. This person is a real deal. And we all have had that experience in some form, whether it's in real life, whether it's with a teacher in high school, whatever it was, right? Uh, speaking of high school, I'm going to give you a, uh, an example uh, of what I've learned as a teacher back in the day and I, how I apply it to webinars. A lot okay. of the things I do in webinars in terms of engagement come from my grade school teaching background. Um, and because it's not easy to get 30 people in a room that don't want to be there to get them to do what you want them to do. So uh, I'm going to use some of these techniques. So one of the things that's really important is how you start your webinar. Uh, and I always give this parallel was like the first day of school. The first day of school is very, very important for the teacher to set the tone because it actually sends a message to the student. Hey, is this going to be a coast or not? So you remember walking to your first day of school with Mr. Johnson's class, for example, you scroll in and you kind of walk in, he's at his desk, he's not even acknowledging you, you sit down, you find any seat, you start chatting with your friend, and then at the start of the, the class, he's just standing up there and kind of rallying everybody up and he's like, all right, quiet down, quiet down, everybody simmer down, sit down, let's get started, right? In that moment, the student, we all did this, make a judgment. Mr. Yeah. Johnson's a joke. Forget this guy. We're going to coast all year long. And it, 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 it's, it's a reality that we never forget. And it's, a real, and it's a practice we always do, even today. When we go to a conference, we go to a webinar, we have our arms folded. What is this guy all about? What is this gal all about? Versus going to another class in, in high school. You walk into Ms. McCormick's class. She greets you at the door. Hey, uh, Omar, welcome to this class. Uh, here's your seat number. There's an assignment on the board. Go ahead and get started. Can't wait to see what you come up with. Right. So that's a totally different pressure. In that moment, you're like, Miss McCormick's the real deal. She has it together. This is not going to be a coast. I got to bring my A game if I want to get a good grade here. Yeah. So you want to create the same impression when people enter your webinar. So I always tell people, put people on task before the webinar. So in the chat, before you start broadcast, or even in the email notifications that they get beforehand, say, hey, as you enter the room, let me know where you're tuning in from, introduce yourself, that type of thing. I always ask that question because it's a very softball question. It gives me something to talk about. So somebody says, hey, this is Mike from New York. Oh, awesome. We're about to New York. I used to live in the West Village right by Mamoon's Falafel. Where do you live? And it's, it's better than just giving roll call. Like, it's Mike, it's Jane, it's uh, Cindy from whatever. Yeah. And it's just, that's lame. You know, if you can just follow up with another softball question, you're training your audience to be engaged. You can't just expect them to be engaged. You have to actually prompt them. And mm. this is an easy way to do it. Softball questions like that, where you're from, we're about to New York. And then I asked the question at the start, this is all like in the first minute. I asked them, let me know in the chat. And this is when I'm on camera and broadcast has started. I say, uh, let me know what would be a win for you today. 
It's a really important question because I want to know what, why do they sign up? What do I need to do to win them over? And I keep those things in mind because when I'm teaching, I'll highlight those areas. When I'm doing a demo, I do those kind of areas. So you're constantly asking questions and getting them to write. Um, that, that's how you start, really important. Energy, engaging at the start so they understand this person has it together. Now, throughout right. the webinar, you really need to also stay engaged. So I like to say every 10 minutes, you need to check in with your audience. So what I like to do is like, say for example, you went through five tips, you know, Okay, we covered this tip, this tip, this tip, this tip. Check in with them. Hey guys, from the first five tips I just mentioned, which one are you gonna implement first? Let me know in the chat. What this does, is it not only gets them engaging and they're typing and they're doing something, but it gets them, it gives them a chance to comprehend what just happened. You have to read all five. Oh, okay, which one did I like best? Uh, that one? Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna do that one first. And you write it. But if you just zoom through the content, they don't get a chance to really digest it. So it gives you a chance to kind of like, it's a question for them to think about, and produce an input. This is called input output method in teaching where you, you input information, but you expect an output. Yeah. So you do this every 10 minutes this is great. Uh, another great engagement technique is when you're selling. If you're gonna make an offer, if you're gonna have a call to action, uh, ask people in the chat beforehand, like, hey, before I show you my product, I wanna know what's your biggest pain point right now with your current product? Or what's your biggest pain point when it comes to this area that the course is about? And you get them to say what, what they're struggling with, why? Because if you went through the whole feature list of your product or service or course or went through every single thing it covers, it's going to cause overwhelm. A lot of the users are going to, all the people on the webinar are going to be like, oh, this is all great. I love this course, but I don't know if I'm ready. It's too much. So what you want to do instead is when you hear what the pain points are, you can say, okay, great. This is a problem you have, problem you have. And then you show them how your product, your service, your course addresses those issues because then you're actually specifically showing them how this is valuable to them. And that's a lot better way to sell rather than just spray and pray kind of thing. So those are just some tips that really have worked for our users. I love that. And I love the history of teaching that you're bringing to that. Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if you, you knew that I was a high school teacher for seven years as well. And this oh, is bringing awesome. back much of the learning that I applied. This there is why as we well. have gray hair. This is why we have gray hair. <laughs> that's absolutely right. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, look, the thing is, and you, you understand very quickly as a teacher, you know, when you've lost the crowd, you know, when you've lost the audience and, or the, the students basically, and they can be brutal. Right. And I think with webinars, part of the problem is you, it's difficult to read the crowd for people who are, um, you know, used to maybe doing live presentations or workshops in front of a room full of people, you can absolutely read the crowd. You can see if people are bored or on their mobile yeah. phones and scrolling Especially if Facebook. you're in the US. Right? If you're in the US, you get, you get the preach brother. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Or, or the negative thing where they're just, you know, not even looking up, you know. Yeah. Um, but I think with webinars, what, like the tips that you're saying there around regularly checking in and checking for understanding and getting people to add things in the comments and things like that is absolutely critical because it's how you read the audience, right? Yeah. And, and what's great is like, I like to do positive reinforcement because if you can get four or five people in the chat that are really active, it encourages everybody else to get involved. It's like, okay, it's cool. It's fine. And like everybody else is doing it. So I, I should, I should also do it. I kind of feel guilty. So that's why I praise people from the start. Oh my gosh, look at Sebastian. He's the first person in the chat. Bonus points to Sebastian. Oh, I love your little photo with your little dog there and your avatar, whatever. And it's just like praising them for being active and, people love compliments and this is human nature. If you can praise them, you're going to get them to want to chat more and this person's okay. And it's going to help uh, create a snowball effect. 
Awesome. Any other tips for engagement that you can share or, or have we ticked off the big ones for you? Uh, those are the major ones, but I can add one more. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite engagement techniques um, is at the end of the webinar, this is really important. At the end of the webinar, you ask the question, did you get a win today? Okay, so we asked in the beginning, what would be a win for you today? And they said, I want to learn this. I want to learn that. I'm here because of this. At the end, you said, did you get a win today? It's not what was your win, but did you get, you want to get a yes or no answer. Now, what this does is it gets people to say, yes, 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 yes. And of course, this is great social proof. And everybody in the webinar is like, wow, this person really delivered. But when they're typing yes and hitting enter, they are admitting we don't lie to ourselves as human beings because that would make us crazy, right? We, we say yes. And by me typing yes, it's a confirmation in my head. This was valuable. This person delivered, right? And it creates a sense of trust instantly. So you can't just expect people to have that kind of closed loop closure. you got to ask that question at the end. Did you get a win today? Let me know in the chat. Yes, that was great. Yes, that was amazing. I love this. It was my favorite tip, blah, blah, blah. And it creates this momentum and everybody leaves that webinar with a confirmation in their head. Oh, that was pretty good. That wasn't a waste of time. I'm going to check this person's out. Where is that sales page again? That is a total different game changer than leaving it hanging. Hey guys, thanks for the question. See you next time. Mm. You know, so always close yeah. it off with, did you get a win today? Love it. That's really awesome. I'm interested to hear from you about some maybe uh, uses for webinars that people wouldn't normally consider. I think it aligns quite closely with the idea of teaching an idea or, or running through a, a process in that way. But hey, can you share any really cool ideas that you've seen of people using webinars in ways that maybe we wouldn't normally consider using webinars? Totally. So um, we run webinars internally in our team. Um, they're great for training just within your team. So like, for example, uh, you know, we have new customer service agents that have come on board. Uh, they run our training through webinars. They, uh, they know like every day they have kind of a, a guide that they go through uh, and there'll be like a, a buddy system where somebody will be teaching them a certain new topic of their training for today. So they understand their job a little bit better. But what's great about this is uh, those who just did that training maybe six or seven months ago, they get to teach and they get to use the software. They get to also talk to them in the chat um, and engage with them. And they get to give back or kind of explain the things that they didn't get to do that they, that they wanted when they started. What's awesome too is that this gets all recorded and it gets saved in your database so they can always go back to it and watch it again. Um, and it's a great way to kind of run trainings within your team. So yeah. uh, a lot of, uh, we're seeing a lot more and more people of our, our users using it this way, which is fantastic. Um, we also were quite surprised how some people use automated webinars. Uh, a lot of people are using automated webinars these days as a, as a pre-qualifier, a precursor to the live webinar. So they'll actually run an automated webinar, at least to a live webinar. So people that are on the live webinar are highly qualified uh, uh, attendees. So okay. they'll run a, like a 30-minute uh, webinar, which would be great value, great. And, and it basically says, hey, if you want to take things to the next level, I have uh, a full-length training that's live, that's interactive. Uh, check it out here. And the call to action is the link. Um, so a lot of people that run programs that are maybe higher ticket, uh, and on that live webinar, they're selling maybe something that's a little bit more expensive. I would say, you know, anything above $2,000. Uh, we see this in the medical field where they're selling medical equipment. We see people that do this uh, in, um, in the construction business, things like that. So definitely a great way to kind of build a nurture sequence. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, let's unpack this idea of automated webinars a bit more because I think 
that there are good ways to do this and there are not good ways to do this, um, particularly when uh, we try and trick people into feeling that or believing that it is a live webinar. So can you talk to us about that for a minute around the best way to approach an automated webinar as, as opposed to a live webinar? So we're the only webinar software and company on the market that actually took a stand with this. We're the only one that talk about this um, because it's kind of like the elephant in the room. Like people want to run automated webinars that look live, that kind of is not suggesting it's live, but maybe it is, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so we're, we really take a stand on this. We wrote uh, several blog posts about this. We've been written up about how we're kind of the only company that kind of stands in front of it. And we, because it comes down to that, principle I talked about building trust. If I want to build trust with my audience, the worst thing I could do is lie to them. And a lot of companies are encouraging their users to lie to them by saying, hey, you can create fake chat messages. You can tell them there's, hey, you're in luck. The next webinar starts in 15 minutes. Like it's not recorded or something, right? Yeah. So um, we're totally against that. And we actually built the software around not doing that. So um, one of the things we teach at Webinar Ninja is how to run an automated webinar correctly. And one of the best ways to run an automated webinar is to shoot your automated webinar video as if it was automated, knowing that it's an automated audience, not user replay, not uh, pretend it's live, all that kind of stuff. So in the first minute of my automated webinar and what I teach as an example, I say to them, uh, hey guys, thanks for signing up for this automated webinar. Yep, it's automated. Even though this is automated and is recorded, I shot it just for you and it explains things. And it's going to be interactive. I'm actually going to ask you a lot of rhetorical questions. I'm going to ask you to participate. There's some polls for you to answer. You know? And right off the bat, people are like, oh, I, no one's ever told me it's an automated webinar. Trust building right there. Um, and there's no point in that. They're going to find out somehow down the line. And it's not going to be a good feeling. It's like seeing that countdown timer never elapse and you think the offer is going to end tomorrow, right? So um, that's rule number one. And if you shoot a video uh, properly for an automated webinar, it's highly effective because you're talking to them directly rather than talking to a crowd that they don't, are not a part of. They're like, I, I don't see, where are these people in the chat? I don't see them. What are you talking about? Uh, no one's answering my chat messages. It's yeah. ridiculous in our book. <laughs> yeah. So um, we really believe that's the right way to do it. And we have the numbers to prove that they convert higher. Um, so automated webinars have a great place because they have the, um, they have the, the, the interacting, uh, interactive nature of a webinar with the on-demand nature of a recorded video. So people can watch it either on-demand or scheduled time, and it allows you to do that. You can still answer questions via email. We have a system where if they, if they ask a question, it goes to your inbox. So it's still interactive. It still has polls. It still has offers. You have things on timers, which are great. But if you don't cater to the audience, treat them with respect and speak directly to them as if it's automated and instead of pretending it's live, you're really gonna be shooting yourself in the foot in the long term. If you're trying to make a quick buck, maybe this is gonna work for you, but if you're long, if you wanna be here, you know, five, 10, 20 years from now, uh, your reputation is gold. So where do you stand on the idea of an automated webinar being available as soon as you sign up versus it happens on the hour or at a specific time? Is there a benefit to kind of I guess, delaying the ability for someone to join an automated webinar when it is effectively ready to go anytime? So uh, I've, we've tested this extensively. Um, I've tested it personally with my own automated webinars. Uh, we found the best combination is offering what we have a watch now, which is an on-demand webinar, along with certain times uh, uh, during the day. So four slots during the day or something, that is what we tested optimized best. Now, 
you might be saying, why would I choose a time or date instead of on demand, right? So it, it depends on the actual registrant. You know, we're mm. actually catering to the registrant because some registrants, they actually prefer to say, okay, I can't watch this now. And this is the nature of what they're used to, right? They're just used to choosing a date and time for a webinar because they're seeing it in the context of a webinar. So they're like, okay, I'm, I'm ready to watch that at that time, okay? Um, and they put it in their calendar, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but some people, they prefer on demand and they just want to watch it right now and they want to have access to it later and they can watch it later uh, if they wish to. So we found that combination works best and it just has to do with the experience of the attendee. Uh, like what are they used to? Are they used to actually choosing a time or they prefer on demand? I've actually done on demand uh, alone versus schedule time and on demand alone will do better with just um, uh, versus just schedule time. But the yeah. combination of both converts to best. So you're talking about having both options on the sign-up page, on the yeah, registration page. Yeah, in the drop-down, yeah. So, well, I mean, playing devil's advocate here, why wouldn't someone just say, well, I'm not ready to watch it now, but I will we'll be at 10 a.m., for example, and they just come back and choose the watch now? Why, why totally. register? Totally. That's how you think. You okay. know, what we learned is that not everybody thinks that way. Some interesting, people think interesting. the way they think is like, Hey, I'm not going to remember at 10 o'clock. I don't have the organizational skills to put it on my calendar. Uh, I'll, I'll just do the time that works for me right now. And I'll just add it to my calendar. Then it's just the way people are used to webinars. By the way, the world is still very new to webinars. A lot of people don't understand, mm. um, the, the job that we have as Webinar Ninja as a software is to be honest with them and give them options so that it caters to them. We never say that it's live when it's not. We say it's automated. Uh, that's just the nature. That's what we do. But we want to cater to their habits. Sometimes their habits are to schedule it at a certain day and some people, they want to watch it on demand. Um, so we found that offering both gives that transparency, but also uh, gives them the chance to schedule it when they want to schedule it. Awesome. So I'm interested then if, if we're thinking about even live webinars or automated webinars, if the purpose is to get in front of an audience and, and teach to provide value so that that audience takes the action that you want them to take, ideally, why not just use like Facebook Live or YouTube Live or pre-record a video and just put it on YouTube and embed it into your website? These other options, uh, mm -hmm. you know, are, are maybe more familiar to some people. So why not do it that way? That's a great question. And a lot of people, they go down that route and then they're like, oh, they hit a few roadblocks and they realize, okay, this is not actually working for this reason. So here are the reasons why that is, isn't the best idea. The reason why, number one, why webinars are so effective is because you're building an audience. Uh, and that means you're collecting emails. Mm -hmm. um, you don't do that with Facebook. If you don't catch them when they're on Facebook, they're not going to see it. They might see the recording of their timeline. This is all up to who? Facebook, right? Not you. So you're putting your reach in their hands and you yeah. don't want to do that. You want to have control over that as much as possible. The more and more social media gets crowded, which it is, um, the more it's important for you to build your own uh, foundation through your email list. So number one, webinars are an email collecting machine. People do not hesitate to give their name and email address to register for a webinar because of the perceived nature, perceived value of the webinar. Of, of the webinar. Mm. So. Um, you want to capitalize on that. And that's number one. Number one, and you, there's no way to follow up with them after that. You can't send them a replay. You can't reach out to them and tell them about your next offer or your newsletter or your next event or your next product launch. No way to reach out with them again if you don't have their email address. So this is golden rule number one. Number two, 
Um, you have no control over somebody else's platform. Like we talked about, you know, Facebook controls the reach, YouTube controls the content as well. They don't like your content. You, some, Google played some stupid song in the background they, and it cancels your whole video and you never can have access to it. It, it. They really have a lot of control over your own content. So you gotta be wary of being on somebody else's platform instead of using a, a, a webinar software like ours that allows you to own the content. It's in our privacy policy. You own the content, not us. Number three uh, is you want an environment that you have full control over. Uh, Distraction-free zone. Uh, last time I was on Facebook, it's full of distractions, yes. ads, and uh, other people in my feed, and other things going on, and notifications, and this person's on Messenger, and this person wants a friend request me. It's not exactly a distraction-free zone. A webinar allows you to just focus on the webinar with the chat, with the questions, with the polls. You're, it's like you have your own classroom instead of you know, trying to teach 30 people in the middle of Times Square. You know, it's like, it's just super distracting. Um, so those are the three main reasons why people, they, they'll try going this way and they're like, uh, I'm not really building my own assets here. I'm not really building my own audience. I'm trying to use, people kind of go with the low hanging fruit with like Facebook Live, which makes sense. You know, I've done Facebook Lives to promote my webinars, but I don't, I don't use it to build my audience because I know that I need to have control over that data. Yeah, well said. I think um, very compelling reasons uh, for webinars there, which is awesome. So I want to talk a little bit about your platform, Webinar Ninja. So how would you position Webinar Ninja against some of the other webinar mm -hmm. options that people have available to them? The best way for me to describe it is in the words of our users. So this is the, like the most common things people say. It's the number one thing people say like in our, our reviews or our customer service uh, kind of comments or on Captera or whatever it is, they say it's easy to use. Uh, and for me, that's the biggest compliment ever because there's nothing worse than having a piece of software that promises so many things, but you can't use it because you need some sort of consultant or you need a PhD mm. or you need some sort of uh, time or hours to figure out how to do it, it's worthless if it's not easy to use. So that's number one, it's super simple to use. We realized early on, if the easier the software is to use, the more webinars are gonna do, the more return on investment they're gonna get, the more they're gonna continue to use it. So it's a win-win for us and for the audience. So this is like the, the number one thing. And I think it's the reason why a lot of uh, successful tech companies like Apple, like Tesla, uh, are success like Spotify because it's easy to use people. It's just intuitive. Um, I think a lot of webinar software out there is overly complicated. It takes 10 steps to create a webinar for us. It's like one step and takes 10 seconds and we do create everything in the background for you. So that's number one. Uh, I would say also number two, um, that it's just a solution. And I want to explain that one of the ways people describe it, they say, uh, webinar engine is a solution, not another headache. You know, as a business owner, you have tons of things to worry about. Webinars is just another thing on the list. You have your marketing, you got your team, you got to do meetings, you got to sell, you got to create the product, you got a million things to do, customer service, right? Webinars is just another thing on your list and you don't want another headache. You want something actually to solve, make it easier for you rather than make it harder for you, not another learning curve. And mm -hmm. so it's really a, a solution because it's all in one. You don't have to buy anything else. Landing pages are in there. Your registration forms are in there. Uh, thank you pages, replay systems. We store all the videos for you. Uh, we don't cap you on the videos speed uh, in terms of the video storage. Uh, we have a media library, so you can put all your media in there. It's just super simple. Integrates with your CRMs and integrates with Zapier. So we just make it. We, we our our whole thing is like it can't be 
a disturbance. It has to be, you know, very easy to use and part of your ecosystem as an entrepreneur. So those are kind of the major reasons why people come to us uh, along with, you know, I believe the best support in the business. Uh, our customer support agents are amazing, super fast response, as well as just uh, really trying to figure out what you're trying to accomplish and helping you get there. I mean, our agents will jump on a webinar with you, do a test webinar with you, be your co-host, whatever they need to do to make sure you feel comfortable. So um, those are the things that we really, I can go on and on, of course, yeah. but, but uh, those are the major things that people say. Fantastic. Yeah, cool. Well, I encourage people to check out Web, uh, Webinar Ninja and to, if they haven't run a webinar before, plan it, plan it, schedule it, make it happen. Um, give it a try and and see how that works for you and your business. Before you go, Omar, I do want to just dive in a little bit into where you see webinars going in the future. You've talked about uh, it still feels early days in the world of webinars and whether this be something that's in the roadmap for Webinar Ninja or just your thoughts on where webinars are going to be in five years time. What do you reckon? Yeah, I, I do believe that webinars and virtual uh, uh, training is definitely going to be a big part of our lives. Um, I think with the way we kind of see it at Webinar Ninja is that the future came early with COVID. A lot of people were forced to take on more of that technology side of things in terms of communication. Uh, this is definitely going to be just here to stay because companies have, there's a lot of companies like Shopify have already switched to a full remote team after this experience because they're like, okay, we can run the business like this. We can still do our meetings. We still do our training and it's uh, more efficient. Um, so it's basically the train has left the station. Can you jump on the train while it's going? And mm -hmm. I, I, I believe that it's still early days. It's a good chance for you to become a thought leader using this technology. And uh, so that's why I really encourage people to start doing their first few webinars. Going really long term, and I say really, I'd say five to 10 years, uh, VR is going to be a big player. VR is going to be a huge player in webinars. We've already looked into it, trying to figure out how we can incorporate. The technology is still not at the price point where everybody can have a headset, meaning that even your attendees, your mm -hmm. you know the hosts, all that kind of stuff. Uh, it, it's going to become a household item. It's going to become yeah. an appliance. Uh, and when it does, um, it, this is just the natural uh, you know uh, evolution of webinars, where we are going to not really tell the difference between being on a webinar and being at a conference hall. Um, yep. And that's really where it's going. And it's actually, it makes total business sense for in terms of travel expenses, in terms of liability and insurance. As soon as it comes even like, you know, 50% uh, as good, it's going to be the choice of business. And it's going to totally, you know, the, the, the seesaw is going to move to the other side completely and they're going to, and, and, and there'll be the tipping point. So uh, that's really where we see things going. We're really excited about the future. We've been working on some things uh, for the short term, the next you know few quarters, uh, that will kind of line us up to be closer and closer to that. Um, the last thing I would say is something that we are very excited about uh, launching very soon in a few weeks is one of the things that a lot of our um, our users want is one better quality video, better quality audio. When I say everybody's used to kind of HD 720, it's great, whatever, we're all kind of used to it. But it's a different game when it's 4K, when it's, uh, you know, Dolby's uh, type of level audio. Um, and that's something that we've been working on for the last 12 months that we'll be releasing very soon. Um, allowing people to shoot uh, and run a live webinar with low latency 4K. Um, we're lucky enough to have the technology be there now. Um, we're just trying to 
Uh, and this is super important for people that have a more uh, of a studio setup or whether they're running, um, you know, share screen and showing high tech software like Lightroom or something like that. And they need super high definition to show what they're doing. Yeah. Um, these markets are super underserved. So we're really uh, excited to kind of uh, give a helping hand. That is very cool. Yeah, that would be awesome. That would, I think, really stand you apart from a bunch of other options in the webinar space as well. So. Omar Zenholm, this has been this has been a, a masterclass in webinars. Um, I'm sure you could probably go for another hour as well. But um, this has been this has been great. And uh, you know, for me, I've I've run a number of webinars over the years, and it conti continues to be part of part of my business strategy as well. But you've given me some some tips there that I hadn't really considered before. So I think that's awesome, and I know that the listeners of the podcast would have would have picked up a few important tips as well. So before you go, where can people, where's the best place for people to go to find out more about you or Webinar Ninja or give it a try? Sure. Um, you can check out WebinarNinja.com. Uh, we have a free 14-day trial. You don't pay anything for 14 days. Uh, even inside of Webinar Ninja, we have what's called the Webinar Ninja Academy, and there's tons of great training. It's like the Netflix for webinars. Uh, there's actually a standalone course on uh, called the Webinar Blueprint, and it's like a seven-part course. So you're basically going to be rocking and rolling in your first few days. Um, if you want to learn more about me, I'm most active on Twitter. I'm the Omar Zenholm over there. Um, I'm not so huge on social. I kind of try to focus on, on our team. Um, but uh, Twitter is kind of like the place I play around. Good stuff. Thanks, Omar. We'll have all the links to that in the show notes for this episode at engagevideomarketing.com slash episode 147, 147. Omar, thanks. And we'll talk soon. Love it, Ben. Thank you. Okay, and thanks again to Omar for joining me on the show. If you are inspired and you want to check out what Webinar Ninja has to offer, I want you to head on over to engagevideomarketing.com slash Webinar Ninja and you'll find the links to be able to jump into your trial of Webinar Ninja and run your first webinar. Reach out to me if I can be of any help and share any further tips as you gear up to run your webinar because my friend, I am here to help you. So that link again is engagevideomarketing.com slash webinar ninja. And you'll find links to that and everything else that Omar mentioned here in the show notes for this episode at engagevideomarketing.com slash episode 147, episode 147. And once again, if you wanted to jump in on this limited time opportunity to join my Engage Video Marketing Academy for just $1 for the first 14 days and check it out and see if it's a good fit for you, then head on over to engagevideomarketing.com slash academy trial. You are awesome. Thank you for listening to this episode. I hope it's provided value for you. And if it has, always love a rating and a review on your podcast player. I will see you next week for another episode of the Engage Video Marketing Podcast. Keep being awesome, stay safe, and goodbye for now. Oh, and thanks for listening to the end. See ya.